Welcome to The Howler, your weekly look into the state of Wolfpack Athletics. Now let's go to your hosts, Ethan Barry and Madison Bell. Welcome to another edition of The Howler, Ethan Barry and Madison Bell here with you once again. Madison, how are you doing this evening? I'm good, how are you? Pretty good, uh, excited for this episode. We've got Chris Corciani Jr. from Pack Fry joining us, former NC State uh, walk-on. I believe he walked on for three years, I want to say. And uh, now he's covering the team. So he's going to join us in a little bit. Before we get to that, last week when we were here, we didn't know what Naheem Hines and Will Richardson were going to do. Uh, Ryan Finley had already announced he's coming back to school. And Darian Rosemary, too. I don't think we should forget about him. Definitely not. He also had uh, the opportunity to go to the NFL <laughs> and chose not to. Um, but Naheem Hines and Will Richardson have decided to go pro. Um, we'll start with Will. I don't think there's a whole lot to talk about there. Um, I think it was expected that he was going to go pro. I don't think that was a surprise to anybody. Um, he was dominant this year. I'm honestly not sure how. He didn't get more ACC and All-American recognition, honestly. But um, to that point, I don't really know how uh, voters for all ACC and All-American teams can vote on offensive linemen. Um, I don't really know. Because you see them one, one game, you know? Yeah. So I don't, I don't know how they do that. Uh, anyway, Will Richardson has gone pro. Uh, my guess is he's a third or fourth round pick. Um, and he'll be a good player in the NFL for a long time. <laughs> Naheem Hines was a bit of a surprise. Pretty yes. big surprise, honestly. Um, when the season ended, I think everybody kind of assumed that he would be coming back. Um, and then as the process went longer and longer, um, I guess it became more evident that it was possible he could go pro. And uh, that's exactly what happened. Um, you know, we've seen Naheem Hines for, well, we've seen Naheem Hines longer than most NC State fans because we saw him in high school. Um, so it's great to see him get a chance in the NFL. It stings that he's not going to be back next year. But uh, what are your initial thoughts on that? Kind of going back to your point, I've seen Naheem for a long time. So this is no surprise to me that, he's going to the NFL I think he'll be successful um I definitely didn't expect him to go in three years though uh, yeah. but as the date got closer and closer I was like got a little bit a more thing? concerning yeah I was like is this is this is a real thing like clearly Naheem has a ton of talent mm -hmm. but I just didn't see it coming yeah I didn't either and you brought it up a lot too is this is his first year at running back um, at the college level and so for him to go to the NFL after one year as a running back it uh, it shows you what the NFL thinks of him because you know the way it works is after the regular season ends players can submit can get feedback back from the NFL and uh, so those four players, if I'm not mistaken, are the ones who asked for feedback from the NFL. So whatever feedback Naheem got, it was good enough that after one year as a running back, he decided to go pro. And, and here's the thing. The shelf life of an NFL running back is short. It just is. I want to say the average is like three years. Um, so you really got to go make that money while you can. Um, 
So I, it makes sense to me. It really does. Obviously, it hurts NC State's chances next year. Um, but when you've got a guy who can go to the NFL, it's hard to say. It's hard to be mad at him. You, you know, you, ju- you just can't. If you can go make money doing something you love, what you know? Why wouldn't you? And um, that's what he has a chance to do. Absolutely, it's going to be interesting to see where he goes. Yeah. Interesting to see how things turn out, but I wish him nothing but the absolute best. Yeah. So. And and uh, talk about his draft position. Obviously, we know Chubb's going to be a top ten, top five pick. Um, got a bunch of other guys who are going to get drafted. Will Richardson will definitely get drafted. Naheem will certainly get drafted. Um, I, I If I had to guess right now, I'd say fourth or fifth round. Um, I agree. Which, hey, if you look at running backs in the NFL, you can find starting running backs at in the fourth or fifth round. A running back <coughs> is, you know, something that you can – Basically, to my bigger point, the offensive line is more important. So if you've got a good offensive line, any running back is going to look good. So you don't need a first-round running back. So um, I, if I had to guess, I'll say Naheem goes in the fourth or fifth round. I could see him going up in, into the second round, maybe. Um, uh, we'll see. But, uh, you know, happy for him. It'll be interesting to see how NC State replaces him. Um, I think five guys are going to be filling his shoes because if he had come back, it was going to be a two-man show with him and Reggie Gillespie. And uh, maybe if one of the red shirts or uh, incoming freshman was really good, then maybe they get some carries as the third guy. But now that second spot is wide open. And um, Ricky Person, incoming freshman. Trent Penix, also an incoming freshman. Um, if you don't know who Ricky Person is, he's a top-five running back in the country. I want to say he ran for like 2,000 yards this year at the highest level in North Carolina. And uh, he's good. He's enrolling early. He's good. He's going to be on the field next year. Um, Aaron Collins and Nikia Robinson redshirted. Um, so we'll see what they can do. But Reggie Gillespie is going to be the guy. And um, I'm, I'm excited to see what he can I do. I was going to say the same thing. I'm yeah. ready to see more of Reggie personally. He's I mean, Definitely he's more of a north to south kind of guy. Right. But uh, well, that that's a good point. I feel like sometimes we tried to run plays that more fit Naheem style for Reggie. But if you stick with Reggie style running between the tackles. Absolutely. Running people over, he can do that. Um, he can definitely run some people over. Yeah, he can. <laughs> no doubt about that. And I, I definitely think that, you know, if you can get him to lose 10, 15 pounds, maybe he adds some speed. But um, I don't think – I mean, look, losing Naheem hurts – but the running back is the easiest position to replace on the field. I don't really think that that's anywhere close to a debate. Um, so, look, I think NC State will be fine. I really do. Um, maybe you're not as good as you would have hoped your offense anyway. But uh, NC State will be just fine, in my opinion. Does I mean, does it affect your outlook on next season? It's hard to say because Naheem was such a crucial part of our offense for this year, and that definitely could have been because we were running plays more for Naheem style as opposed to Reggie's, especially in mostly the first through third quarter. And then when Reggie came in in the fourth quarter, it was a different ball game. But it's going to be interesting to see where NC State goes from here, going from 
Matt Days and Naheem Hines. To but at the same time, <coughs> when Matt Days left, <coughs> nobody knew that Naheem was going to be ready to step in and run for a thousand yards. You know? Yeah. No, I completely agree with you. I'm just saying it's going to. There are big shoes to fill. Yeah, for sure. Is my point. Um, but look, you've got three out of five offensive linemen returning, so that's huge. Um, NC State will be fine. I promise you, they will be. Um, but yeah. Be happy for him, you know? Absolutely. And, and same with Will Richardson. I hope he goes and, and does very big things. Yeah, and we've got to get to uh, Deuce in a minute here, but final point I want to make, NC State had four guys looking at the draft. You got two of them back. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, if you're returning 50% of your draft eligible, like not just draft eligible players, but players who are going to get drafted, that's pretty good. You'll take that any time, especially when one of them's the quarterback. That's the most important part. And um, it's a good problem to have. State got 50% last year, too, when Bradley Chubb and Josh Jones were looking at the draft. Obviously, that worked out great for uh, Bradley Chubb. And Josh Jones. And Josh Jones. So uh, <laughs> there you go. Hopefully, it's the same way this time. One more question for you before we get to Deuce. State had two guys last year, four guys this year. How many guys next year do you think are looking at? Oh, jeez are looking at the draft who aren't seniors. I, I got to say there's one easy one. It's Calvin, Calvin Harmon. Harmon. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, that's not even close. The other guys that come to mind, Jacoby Myers. Um, I could see that. I could see him looking at it. Um, there's not really any linemen who I would think. Ryan Finley obviously is a senior, so he's going to get drafted. Um but it, it's interesting to see. I mean, nobody Jerry knew. Jerry Rosebar is going to be a senior. Yeah, Rosebar is going to be a senior. I mean, nobody really knew that Naheem, well, really, Naheem, Will Richardson, and Ryan Finley had big years, and that's what put them on the radar for the draft. So it'll be exciting to see who it is. I could see a couple of guys in the secondary, maybe Jarius Moorhead. Um, Nick McLeod could have a big year. Uh, but, I mean, certainly Kelvin Harmon. I mean, if you ask me, he's a first-round pick. I want him on the Panthers right now, <laughs> as a Panthers fan. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's where State stands now. Um, like I said, football team's going to be fine. If you're losing guys to the draft, it's a good thing. Don't get upset about it. And now we welcome in Chris Corciani, Jr., to the Howler. Chris, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing great, Ethan. Thanks for having me on. Yes, sir. Happy to have you. Chris it's been an eventful week. Uh, Sean Kirk headed out, Blake Harris in. Yep. Um, State is now one scholarship over for next year. So uh, somebody who's on the current roster who's not going to run out of eligibility is going to be leaving the team. A lot of people think Omir Yurtsevin is going to be that guy heading to the draft. Uh, based on what I've seen this year, I think that would absolutely be the right decision. Um, yep. But what do you take stock of the, the State roster um, as we head, in, not so much this year, but as we head into next year and the year after? Well, it's going to be really interesting because I feel like we're going to see a big overhaul, especially with the new coaching change. Kevin Keats wants to bring in his guys. Uh, he wants to get in a lot of versatility. He wants a lot of wing guys, a four guard, one big guy system. And what we're kind of seeing right now with Sean Kirk leaving, with Blake Harris coming in, a point guard, we got now four point guards projected for next year. Yep. Then you have you're bringing in Sadiq Bay, Jericho Helms, Ian Steer. They can all kind of play. They're very versatile. They
They can play on the wing. They can play down low. So I expect to see a, a more uh, faster pace style and, and more guard play uh, moving forward with Kevin Keats. So speaking of the players that are going to be coming in and also the players who will be returning next year, who do you think are going to be key players for next year's team? I know that's looking ahead quite a bit. but Yeah, well, if Omir Yurtseven stays, then certainly he will be the go-to guy. But, I mean, you look at – to be honest, we, we don't really know because we're going to have so many new guys. you got C.J. Bryce coming in, the transfer from UNC Wilmington, Devin Daniels from Utah – uh, Markel Johnson, if he stays, I think, honestly, in the Kevin Keats system, there's going to be a lot of guys getting shots up to, to, to figure out who's going to be that go-to guy might be too early to tell right now, but there's certainly a lot of weapons. I think you could go four or five guys who could be the go-to guy on that team next year. Yeah, I, I agree. And yeah. I've heard good things about CJ Bryce and Devin Daniels as well. Um, yeah, they're phenomenal. Yeah. Transfers sitting out, um, turning our attention back towards this year. It's been a roller coaster of a start to the ACC season, I would say. Um, oh, my gosh. <laughs> it, it, they keep us on our toes. I mean, you know, what can we say? But, uh, I mean, to me it looks like the more difficult part of the schedule, ACC schedule, is in the rearview mirror at this point. Would you agree with that? Um, I would, yeah, I agree. I, I think that we just went through a tough little stretch. But I, when you look at the ACC, you got 18 games and, Maybe besides Pittsburgh and, and Wake Forest, maybe Wake Forest, the schedule is pretty brutal from there on out. Um, I mean, we do have Wake Forest at home coming up, Miami this weekend, and then we face Pittsburgh and Carolina. So there are some opportunities for some wins coming up, but I just don't think it gets too much easier with, with UNC. You still got UNC twice. You got Duke one more time. Thankfully, we just played Virginia once. Uh, we got Clemson out of the way. So there's still a couple – couple really tough ones but i do agree with you playing virginia duke clemson twice already yeah. uh, this team's very battle tested so i think they're learning a lot down the stretch and, and they still have a lot more to learn this is keith's first year so i think the expectations shouldn't be too high but at the same time we still have to assess them i agree i mean i don't think based on preseason expectations this team's pretty much nearly met all of them i would say yeah i mean i, don't I think, agree i don't think many people expected this to be an ncaa tournament team but uh, speaking of the NCAA tournament, how many win how many ACC wins or tournament wins do you think it's going to take for this team to get based on where they sit now? That's a good question because you look at the, the non-conference strength of schedule and it's not really good. But then you look at our resume wins that we've kind of built up. Arizona and the Bahamas, number two team in the nation at the time. Then you got Duke, number two team in the nation at the time. And then you beat Clemson, that was number 19. I mean, those are marquee resume wins. If they can add a couple more big-time resume wins on top of beating the teams that you should beat, like Boston College, you can't slip up there. You can't slip up against Wake Forest. Definitely can't slip up against Pittsburgh. If they can win those games, maybe sneak a couple games against Miami, Syracuse, some of the middle-of-the-pack ACC teams. If they can get around 9, 10 wins in the ACC, I think they have a – I mean, if they get 10, I think they, they're in. Yeah. If they get eight or nine, they'll make it interesting, but it also depends on who they beat. They can't slip up against any of the bottom feeders. So do you think that NC State does get those eight, nine, ten wins in the ACC and make it to the tournament? That is uh, – I mean, that's that's tough to tell. I think, honestly, with the way the ACC is trending, it's very – it's just it's random. Everybody's beating up on everybody. So I think Always. there's a lot of parity. 
which will allow NC State to have a chance. But I think they're going to make it close, to be honest. I think they're going to make it really close. They might have to do a little damage in the ACC. But, you know, being the optimistic person that I am, I think if they get nine wins, they got a chance to get in. Yeah, and I mean, it's fun just to be having this discussion at this point um, after missing out the last couple of years. Absolutely. But I also think it's important to keep things in perspective. You know, this Mm -hmm. is Kevin Keats's first year, and this is going to be a two-part question for you. In the big picture, what were your expectations of Kevin Keats, of what he could accomplish in Raleigh in the long run? Okay. And what has – Based on what we've seen so far, do you change those expectations at all, either positively or negatively? You know, I think it's too early to tell if we change the expectations. But for me personally, I look at what Louisville's doing or what they did on the court. Um, We're not going to talk about off the court with Patino and the allegations, (laughs) but what they put on the court as far as getting after it, pressing, causing turnovers, playing with athletic guards, I think Kevin Keats can bring that to Raleigh. And, and if he does, which I don't see him, I don't see him having any trouble on the recruiting trail once he get a couple years in. He's a great recruiter. The staff is great at recruiting. Once he gets his guys that fit the system, he gets those versatile wing players. He gets three, four-point guards in the system. He has the guard depth. I don't see why NC State can't be a top, 10, top 25 team in the nation year in, year out. And then you got to look at Coach K and Roy Williams. They're not going to be coaching forever. They've probably got three, four years left, and then they've probably got to retire. So if Kevin Keats can stay strong in these first couple of years, I think he's really got a chance to build something special in Raleigh, and we could have a dynasty. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if you look at what Louisville did, obviously not anymore this year, but they're always a top 10. I mean, they were top 25 team every year. And then it's yep. like every other year, every third year, they were in the top ten and they were, you know, at the top of the ACC and competing for a Final Four. So mm-hmm. definitely would take that here. I mean, absolutely. I won't <laughs> complain about that. Absolutely. <laughs> so who is one player do you think that needs to step up for the rest of the season to possibly make a ACC tournament um, or make it to the NCAA tournament? Let's go with the senior forward, Abdul Malik Abu. He has got to step up down low if this NC State team wants to have any chance. You see Lennar Freeman, who's maxing out his potential down low. He's 6'8", undersized. He's playing hard. Omer Yurtseven's emerging to be the guy that we always thought he would be from freshman year. He's really starting to ball out. We need more from Malika Boo because the guard depth is is just okay. It's not quite ACC we got to rely on the bigs. If we can get that third big guy, Malika Boo, he's averaging about five points in ACC play. If he can gain his confidence, if he can start finishing around the basket, getting a couple dunks here and there, I think that will really, really help this NC State team. Malika Boo's got to step up, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. And you look at it, the last, I'd say the last two years, um, he's he's been a borderline all-ACC guy. I don't think he was ever all-ACC, but – I mean, he was close. You know, I think he uh, almost averaged a double-double one year. But, uh, yeah, if you can get him back to what he's been doing the last couple of years, that'll be that'll be huge. Yeah, and, and he's forward. capable of doing that. He, yeah. he really is. His athleticism is God-given. Um, I just think that he's got to get into the groove of things. The knee yeah. injury kind of slipped him up a little bit. But if we can get him into, you know, rhythm of the offense, 
I think this will be really, really good for NC State. Yeah, I agree. Do you think that uh, potentially Mark Hell being back with the basketball team will have something to do with Abu's ability to perform well with Mark Hell pushing it inside? Yeah, well, I, I think having Mark Hell Johnson back in the lineup helps everybody because you look at when Mark Hell was out with suspension, you're relying, you're now relying on Braxton Beverly a freshman point guard. You've got LeVar Batts, another freshman point guard. Alric Freeman, a guy who just came to Raleigh in about a year. Sam Hunt, a mid-major transfer. So the guard depth just isn't where you want it to be at the uh, ACC level. You get Markel Johnson in there, all of a sudden everybody's game starts getting enhanced. He starts getting into the lane, making big plays. He's changing the game on the defensive end. And then you got a guy like Malika Boo who starts feeding off of that energy. He's feeding off of that enthusiasm. He starts the momentum starts changing. And I think if Markel Johnson gets it back into the flow of things, this team starts getting slowly, inch by inch, a little bit better. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. All right, Deuce, final question for you. How many games does the football team win next year? <laughs> oh, Y'all put me on the spot. Okay, so Finley's back. We lose Naheem. We lose Will Richardson at the offensive line position. Bradley Chubb, some of the defense is gone. Uh, I'm going to be optimistic. I'm going to say Dave Dorn is going to get things rolling, and I'm going to say we're going to sneak eight games. Okay. And we're going to – and with a UNC blowout, too. Don't forget that. Definitely, especially at Keenan Stadium. Always. Oh, yeah. All right, Chris, thanks for joining us here on The Howler. No problem. I want to thank Chris Corciani Jr. for joining us. Uh, appreciate his insight into the basketball team and uh, what we have to look forward to in the next couple of years. I think Keats is going to do big things. I know you do too. Absolutely. Um, I'm definitely. I'm here for Kevin Keats, man. I hope he stays forever. I hope he stays until he retires. Well, that you bring up an interesting point. Will, I don't know how to phrase this question properly, will NC State be able to keep Kevin Keats if a big-time basketball program comes after him? My, we can go off on this tangent if you so choose. Yeah, I mean, we could talk about this for an hour probably. But. but we won't. <laughs> one of, absolutely. It's hard. Yes, yes. If we get an athletic director who values Kevin Keats as a coach and will be willing to pay the big bucks to keep him. Yeah, I agree. Um, look, there's no way for us to really know until it happens because it hasn't happened. Definitely not in my lifetime or our lifetime. Um, so there's really no way to know, honestly. Look, I think NC State can and you bring up a good point about the athletic director. Look, athletic directors are prideful people. They really are. They want to have their own coach. And when NC State gets a new athletic director in two years, unless it's from inside the university, somebody who Debbie Yao has um, groomed, groomed, good word, um, groomed for you know some time, then look, that coach, may, that athletic director may want to m make their change. But at the same time, if Kevin Keats is hugely successful, and like we talked about uh, with Chris, if he 
you know, if he turns state into like a Louisville, let's say, you can't let that coach go, no, no matter who the athletic director is. So it'll be interesting to see um, if somebody comes after him and how soon that would be. I'd say the Dave Doran saga with Tennessee was the first time that's ever happened for NC State, at least that I remember, uh, for football or basketball. Um, and look, Tennessee's not a huge – well, excuse me, Tennessee is a huge program, and they have tons of money, but it's also a dumpster fire. So that's, you know, it's kind of a different situation. What happens, you know, in uh, five years when John Calipari – decides to go to the NBA or something. What if they want to come after Kevin Keats, you know, or UCLA or Indiana or Kansas, you know? I don't think he'd go anywhere in the ACC. Louisville, maybe. But I really – I well, first of all, let me say, I couldn't see Kevin Keats leaving NC State for Louisville. But uh, it'll be interesting to see. I feel like a common theme that Debbie Yao has found in – both Dave Doran and also the impression that I'm that I've gotten so far from Kevin Keats is that the coaches she's hiring aren't asking to be handed anything. Yeah, they're hard. They're they're people. hardworking people who fit in well with this university and the people who have built this university and are fans of this university. Blue collar. So yes, like Dave, like Dave Doran said. So it's going to be very. Like, Kevin Keats fits in well here. Oh, yeah. So does Dave Doran. Yeah, so does Dave Doran. So so does Wes Moore. Yeah. So, and Elliot Avon. Yes, absolutely. So the list goes on at this point of the type of people who Debbie Yao has hired as hardworking individuals who aren't expected to be given anything. They're going to work for what they get, and they're going to be successful when they work for it. Right. And I think that having that kind of mentality mentality is difficult to find in a lot of universities across the country. So if that's something that these coaches start priding themselves in that are at NC State, it's going to be hard to find that same mentality and that same pride somewhere else, which gives NC State the upper hand. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I know money talks, but – and. NC State will pony up the money. I really believe that. If Kevin Keats, you know, let's say six years, Kentucky comes calling. Well, if Kevin Keats has taken NC State to the Final Four, won an ACC championship, you know, t perennial top 25 team, NC State's going to pay. Maybe not as much as Kentucky, but NC State, I just can't imagine a scenario where you let yourself get outbid unless you just get blown away for a coach who's taken NC State to the top. If – we get outbid for a coach like Kevin Keats. I'll be extremely surprised. Yeah. Because there are a lot of donors in the Wolfpack Club and a lot of NC State fans who went to school here during who went to school here or were fans here during seventy four and eighty three. Yeah. And they have been waiting for a coach like Kevin Keats to roll around. Hopefully like and, Kevin Keats. Yeah, and make this program what it was. What it was. Yeah. And I feel like it would be very hard for an athletic director to look at all these big money donors and be like, I know you really like this guy, but I think we're going to get rid of him. 
Yeah, or let ourselves get Yeah, outbid. or let ourselves get outbid. I just find that extremely hard to believe because people argue that this like that we're a football school and like in recent memory we are, but I think people forget that we have two national championships in basketball. Yeah. And ACC basketball was built at NC State. Mm-hmm. I think people forget that. Yeah. And I think Kevin Keats has come here with the goal to make them remember. Yeah, I agree. It'll be interesting to see. It's a good position to be. It's kind of like the NFL draft, honestly. <laughs> but like, how so? Well, if the NFL comes calling, you know that's yeah. good. Like if Kentucky comes after your coach, that's a good thing, you know. Um, but we'll see. I just obviously this is completely premature and uh, we got to get to that point first but look Dave Doran's a 10-win season away from being the the hottest coach in the country Um, so I don't know that it's completely premature Um, but look you you talk about basketball and NC State can recruit recruiting has never been the issue at NC State you play in an NBA building I mean we were at the Hornets game last week and PNC Arena is bigger than watching Dennis Smith yeah PNC Just Arena is there. bigger than the Hornets' place. Yes. So NC State plays in NBA Arena. That's attractive. And, and can fill facility. it up. Oh, yeah. Filled it up for the Duke game. Yeah. You got to take the attendance into – wasn't NC State – weren't we top and 10 I'd like in to point out years when we were terrible? Yes. And I'd like to point out there are more seats in PNC Arena for a college basketball game than for – Hockey. Hockey. Yeah. And – College basketball is getting a lot more people there than Carolina Hurricanes. Not trying to slam the Hurricanes, go Canes, but yeah. I think that says like I think that says something. Yeah, I th- basically the question comes down to is NC State can NC State be a big time college basketball pro- program? And I think the answer is yes. Um, so we'll just have to see what happens. Uh, we'll try to wrap it up here in the next few minutes. Any thoughts on the Virginia game? Look, the refs were terrible. Apparently, Virginia plays by a completely different set of rules. Look, they're good. I get it. They're good at defense. There's no way that you can look me in the face and say, yeah, they only fouled ten times in that game, which is how many fouls they were called for. They also shot lights out. I was yeah. watching that game, and I was like, do they miss? Or I, I watched a s- I saw a stat where they've shot over 50% from three against us like four years in a row. Like That is just some completely random stat that will only happen to us. But whatever. Um, So, yeah, the refs were terrible, but we weren't going to win that game anyway. So, whatever. Um, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't excited, though. Yeah, I mean. At the beginning of the game, I was like, all right, we can do this. I thought we'd keep it interesting. Yeah. And we really could have if the refs had been any decent. And honestly, even without the refs, I mean, we shot, what were we, two for 15 from three? Yeah. And it one was of not them, a good. One of them was just at the end of the game, so it didn't really matter. Not a good night. So, look, you shoot five for 15, it's a 10-point game, you know? Yeah. So, um, you know, you weren't going to win them all. It's fine, whatever. You lost to the number three team on the road. We got uh, Wake coming up. Yeah, so Wake Forest. And then I want to say on to the next Miami one. on Sunday. Big big two-game stretch. NC State can firmly – talked about it with Chris. NC State's on the bubble, probably on the wrong side of the bubble right now. But to get some momentum going, like we said, 
the schedule gets a lot easier from here on out. Um, get some momentum going. Wake Forest, Miami at home. I wouldn't say Miami's a must-win, but I'd say Wake Forest is. Um, so, we'll see. I think State will win. I think State will win both games. Honestly, State's looked a lot better, and uh, getting Markel Johnson back certainly doesn't hurt. Um, but the schedule just doesn't look as intimidating as it did. It really doesn't. You know, you've played Clemson. Clemson's turned out to be really good. I want to say they're like seventh in the RPI. So that's a good win. And then obviously Duke, we all know how good they are. Virginia. But you look at the rest of the ACC. I think Chapel Hill was like a preseason top ten team. Now they're kind of like, eh, who really knows? I don't think they're that good. I mean, you take Joel Berry off that team, that's not – I don't even think that's an NCAA tournament team. They'll find their way into the top ten. Yeah. They always but do. I mean, State can, be, State can beat that team. I really – especially at home, State can certainly split uh, with Chapel Hill. Then you had Louisville obviously losing Rick Pitino. Um, some people thought Louisville was a top – was a Final Four contender. Um, they're not anymore. They're just uh, hoping to make the tournament. Um who else is there? Notre Dame. I know we got blasted by Notre Dame the other day, <laughs> but uh, without Bonzi Colson at home, State will play a lot better. So, look, the ACC is a lot more – it's much easier to see the path to the tournament, I'd say. Would you agree with that? Yes. Yeah. I agree. So, you're, si you're sitting here at two and three. You take that in a heartbeat, you know. If you look at the schedule before the ACC season – I saw some people say, "Look, even if you're sitting there at three and nine, you're not like that's not it's not because you played terrible. It's just because the schedule's so difficult. So now you're halfway, almost halfway through that stretch, and you're two and three. So Wake Forest, Pittsburgh. I'm not counting this team out at all. No, they've got some guts too, and uh, absolutely, it's good to see that. You think State beats Wake Forest in Miami? Definitely Wake. Yeah. Um, I'm feeling more confident about Wake than I am about Miami. Miami, um, I feel like, is kind of like NC State where they like they get up for the big games, at least under Mark, NC State or Mark Gottfried, too early to tell. But um, they get up for the big games, but then if you're not a big game, you don't know what you're going to get, you know? Yeah. So we'll see. So Miami gave Duke a fit. Yeah, they blew a big lead in that game, they too. They did, but they were giving them a fit for a while, so. We'll see what happens. I, I think State wins. I think State's about to go on a run right here. Um, and it's exciting. It's just crazy to think about where we were, what was it, a week ago, ten days ago? <laughs> I mean, it was, let's just hope we can win a game or two this year. Anyway, that'll do it for us. Any final thoughts? By the way, I want to say, I think uh, Chris undershot us by saying eight wins. I know I said ten last week. That was when I thought Naheem was going to be back. So I'll say nine now. <laughs> Good. And my way too early preseason predictions. I'm not making any predictions until a later date. Okay. I'm putting my foot down. I've got us, I've got us at nine wins. And we're making the tournament this year. Okay. All right. You're not making any predictions. I'm not. I told you. I'm putting my foot down. All right, we want to thank you for listening. We want to thank Chris Corciani for joining us, and we hope to see you again next week.
Thanks for listening to The Howler, a service of PAC-TV. Find out more at go.ncsu.edu slash sports.